0: Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is Floating Through Life. And now here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hello everyone, welcome. My name is Roland and the program is called Shedding Shackles. Christ told a parable about uh, the sower of the seeds. And he said that some of the seeds fell among thorns. And he said those thistles and thorns represent the cares of the world. Those weeds basically stifled the seeds, and so they, they bore no fruit. The cares of the world. Now, there has to be a way. Look, Christ was in the world. And he had a lot of cares, didn't he? People were always misinterpreting what he said and twisting what he said and seeking to do him in, but he didn't let it interfere with doing good. See, you have to do good in spite of. You have to be patient in spite of. You have to be kind in spite of. You have to speak up and be honest in spite of. Because if you don't, then you will not bear good fruit. Now, the idea of bearing good fruit means to follow through all the way to the end. See, the plant is first a seed, and then it has to grow. It has to put out its leaves. It has to continue growing and absorbing sunlight. And and then it has to make flowers, and then eventually fruit. And the very last thing that it does... Its glory, after the flowers, which are also glorious, is it bears good fruit. The flowers, well, the flowers give glory to the creator of the flowers, and the fruit is good. You see? And so that's what you have to do, is bear good fruit. But you have to do it in spite of. Now, the interesting thing is that when you are able to be in the world but not of the world— When you're able to flow through life, you know, there was a beautiful television show a long time ago, and it was called uh, Kung Fu. And it was a story of Cain, a Chinese man who traveled through the Old West and had many adventures. But the beautiful thing about the television show is how how well they depicted a person who goes through life, floats through life like a, a dancer dancing lightly across the stage. He went through life. And it didn't get into him. It didn't corrupt him. It didn't stop him. He continued. And that's what you have to do. Now, the beautiful thing about about troubles and about temptations and about people who give you a hard time and also people who who comfort you. See, See, in your fallen condition, look, in your fallen condition, you are not only of the world, but you are in the world and you're of the world. And the human race, having fallen away from God, has only this fallen earthly life. And unless you refine your Creator, then this earthly life is all you have. And so you are comforted by others. In other words, they help you to grow they help you to grow as a creature of the world, as a creature of comfort, as a creature of your of your culture. And the way they do that is by nurturing and supporting and catering to and teasing and then comforting, teasing and then soothing. You see how that works? They tease, they ginger you up, they excite you, and then they comfort you and drain you and then you fall into a sleep. You see? That's what they do. And so everything around you is decided to stimulate and motivate you. And then when you're tired, when you're nervous, when you're anxious, when you're tense, then they comfort you. And the comfort drains off the energy. And you have not a a true rest, but you fall into a lethargic sleep and then you wake up to an alarm clock. Isn't the alarm clock actually very symbolic of a very, a very apt representation of what the human life has, it is and has become? You see, a person really ought to wake up naturally. You should have an honest day's work, and when the work is done, you rest. And then you wake up in the morning refreshed. And you should actually wake up naturally, after a good night's sleep. And you stretch, and you're ready to face the day. But the alarm clock, it represents a stimulus. You know, like Pavlov's dogs. Pavlov was the great Russian experimenter who researched conditioning and conditioned response. And he would offer the dogs food and then ring a bell and offer them food and ring a bell. And pretty soon when the bell rang, they started to salivate because they associated the bell with food. You see what I mean? So he didn't even have to bring food anymore. All he had to do was ring the bell. Well, it's the same with you. The alarm clock, and then you start rushing. And other people, they tell you something and you leap to to conform or leap to not make them angry, or leap to, to not disappoint their real or feigned good impression of you. So you want to please them. You want to please them and appease them. And all they have to do is furl their brow a little bit, or act like, you know, they're a little bit unhappy with you, and you immediately try to please them. You see? That's what your life has become. There's a whole different kind of a life. That instead of revolving around stimulus and response, revolves around motion and rest. Motion and rest. So, I want you to to see that. And to know that you haven't found it, undoubtedly. You have not found it. But when you hear me speak of it, you know that it does exist, this other life. And it's the life from the Father. It's the life from God. You have to find that. And if you haven't found it yet, which you undoubtedly have not found it yet, very few are those who find it. But nevertheless, although there are few, when you add them all up, there are probably many around the world. Was it one of the prophets? I forget which one it was, but he said, "Oh Lord, he was complaining." He said, "I'm the only one, you know, that worship you, worships you truly." And God said, "No." He said, "I've actually reserved six thousand of uh, these people for myself." So, yeah, they're out there, but you see, you won't find them because when you you walk in a crowd, you don't know who they are. But even if you did find them, they would they couldn't do anything for you. All they could do is is indicate somehow they're on the same path as you and that's nice but there's nothing much you can do for them or they for you but but getting back to uh, this life from god you have to find it and god told us how to find it he told us and what did he say he said be still and know that i am god that's what he said be still And so you have to learn how to be still, and then know that he is God. You can't know God in your imagination. You can't find God in a book, or in a classroom, or in a building, or in some organized group. You can't find him in nature. You can only find him if you become still. You understand? You become still. And then, let me give you some examples, some derivatives of this uh, knowing God. Well, how about a realization? How about an intuition, a wordless intuition, where you just sense something, or you just know something? See, how do you know? For example, some of you like this radio program. You, you like hearing me talk about these things. Well, how do you know that what I'm saying is true? Not because somebody told you so, but because you see it. You just have a wordless sense. Something in you, wordlessly, quietly, without word, says yes. Well, that's it. So you are knowing something in the light of truth. God's light of truth shines. So when you become still, then you can realize and then that leads to understanding. And what does understanding lead to? It leads to forgiving others. In other words, letting go of your judgments and resentments toward them. Because you you realize in God's light that they can't help themselves. See, the thing about this world is that it gets inside of you. And when it gets inside, it replaces what you could have been. And then after that, after it gets inside, see, the way it gets inside is... Let me see if I can explain this to you. It's like a trauma. It's like a shock to the system. You know, you hear your, your mom says something awful to you, or your dad says something awful to you, or an older brother, an older sister does something awful to you, or you go to school and you see something awful, or you tell the truth when you're a little kid. You see what's true and you say it, and then people shut you up or they try to make you feel like what you're saying is not true, try to make you doubt yourself. And these things are all shocks. And so these shocks cause that on the outside to get inside. And then inside, see, and then it's another shock when you hate it. See, first of all, somebody shocks you with their brazenness, with their cruelty, with their meanness, with their phoniness, with the awful thing that they say or they reject you. And it's a bit shocking. But then, if you resent it, see, then the resentment reinforces. See, the resentment is the little, you know, like back in, they used to have cameras. See, now cameras are digital. You can probably remember Polaroid cameras and regular cameras that had film in them. And the little aperture would open for just a very short amount of time. It would open and close, and an impression would be made upon the film, and changes would occur in the film, and then later it could be processed, and there was a, a replica of what had been photographed. Well, something similar happens to us when we're, when we're shocked by something, when it gets inside of us. It's the reaction. It leaves its impression within, and, and it's another way of life. And if you're not careful, that other way of life begins to develop inside. But at some point, if you begin to search for your Creator, and then you find Him, you learn how to be still. Maybe with the help of the little meditation, you learn how to be still. See, when when you were a little tiny child, you kind of had your own little world, but then it was penetrated. Well, you have to find how, find that. What you had before you were penetrated and shocked. You have to refine that, and you can very easily with the help of the meditation. I just want to remind you that we do have a listener call in line. If you'd like to call and leave a question, all you have to do is call my voicemail. You can call 24-7. You can call right now, if you like. The number is 510-455-8851 number to call is 510-455-8851. And of course, I have a lot of free resources, so take advantage of the free resources at SheddingShackles.com, SheddingShackles.net, or SheddingShackles.us. Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. begin to search for your creator and you begin to find him, you learn how to be still. Maybe with the help of a little meditation, you learn how to be still. And you learn how to stand back. You have to rediscover how to take a mental step back from the outside world. See, when, when you were a little tiny child, you kind of had your own little world. But then it was penetrated. Well, you have to find how, find that, what you had before you were penetrated and shocked. You have to refine that. And you can very easily with the help of the meditation. And you can go out in the world and be in the world, but not of the world. You can be like Cain in the old Kung Fu series. You can actually see clips on uh, YouTube. He had a way of, of going about his business. And other people said mean things and cruel things and hateful things to him. And it didn't bother him. And once in a while, somebody would try to attack him or something. And he somehow moved in his own time and space. It was like he was outside of time. And that is the way you must become. That's the way Christ was. That's the way you must become. So look at it this way. If you saw something and it didn't bother you and you hardly even took note of it, then it wouldn't leave an impression. For example, let's say that somebody came up to you and they called you a jerk and an idiot and everything, but they said it in another language. Well, you wouldn't even know what they're saying, so it wouldn't bother you. But if they, if they came up to you and then they said, you know, in your language, why you're a jerk, you're an idiot or something, if it makes you angry, then that anger is the response. Do you get it? So it's like the, the film in the camera. The chemicals in the film react and respond to that little flash, that little exposure. That's it, an exposure. For a very short amount of time, the, the opening opens up and the inside is exposed and it causes changes on the film. Do you get it? And that's what happened to you. You went about your business as a little child and you played and you loved your puppy and you ran outside and, and collected rocks or twigs or flowers or whatever you did as a little kid and you had your, your storybook and, and life was sweet. But then all of a sudden there was meanness or cruelty or brazenness or seductiveness, something that was shocking. And in that instant, that nanosecond, the little aperture of your soul, in in a way of speaking, was opened. But if you had just seen it and not not been upset by it, you see, you might have been shocked by it and it might have left a little impression. And maybe it would have diminished with time. But it's the reaction, and especially a big reaction, like hate, rage, resentment, and judgment. Now, why are judgment and resentment such bad reactions? Because they involve the soul. See, if somebody comes up and hits you on the arm and it hurts, and you say, ouch, well, all right, you're 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 reacting. And then you might even feel a little bit hurt, and you might even feel, get a little bit angry. All right, all right, so, you know, if you resent the person, then it involves the soul. Do you understand? So, it deepens. See, if your soul is involved, then it deepens the, the reaction. So now, inside is this imprint from the outside. The little aperture opened, and because of your reaction, it formed an impression inside. It formed an image so call it what you want. You could even call it another way of life. You could call it, yes, a way of life. And what is it that is so penetrating and, and and destructive about this image that gets inside? You see, it's it's the it's the image of a way of life. It's not so much what they did to you, but it's the it's what's behind it: the spirit of cruelty, the spirit of violation, the spirit of seductiveness the spirit of rejection, the spirit of falsity, see, behind it. It leaves its impression within, and and it's another way of life. And if you're not careful, that other way of life begins to develop inside. And it it does, but at some point, if if you begin to search for your Creator, and then you find Him, You begin to search for your creator, and you begin to find him. You learn how to be still. Maybe with the help of a little meditation, you learn how to be still. And you learn how to stand back. So there's a lot of things you have to stand back from, take a mental step back from. You have to rediscover how to take a mental step back from the outside world. See, when when you were a little tiny child, you kind of had your own little world. But then it was penetrated. Well, you have to find, find that what you had before you were penetrated and shocked. You have to refine that. And you can very easily with the help of the meditation. And you can go out in the world and be in the world, but not of the world. You can be like Cain in the old Kung Fu series. You can actually see clips on uh, YouTube, you know, or you can get uh, from the library, some of the old shows. It was, it was very good. He had a way of of going about his business, and other people said mean things and cruel things and hateful things to him, and it didn't bother him. And once in a while somebody would try to, to attack him or something, and he somehow moved in his own time and space, it was like he was outside of time. And that is the way you must become, that's the way Christ was, that's the way you must become. don't believe the things that I read in the Bible. I do believe that there's a power, but I don't believe what I read in the Bible, and I just wanted some answers. I was so happy when I became born again, so excited to start my new life, and I seem to have fallen off track. I know that I've done that now a bunch off and on, and I, so my question really is, is how can I get back on track, and not just back on track, but do what I know in my heart that God has telling me to do and not get distracted. dedicated to helping people solve their stress issues and move forward to a life of joy and purpose. Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. He somehow moved in his own time and space. It was like he was outside of time. You must become like that, a little bit distant, so you're still out in the world. You're still a mom or a dad, a neighbor, a student, whatever you are just not so close, a little bit of distance. And then when things happen, it won't shock you. You just see, stand back and just watch, and it passes by. So you have to refine that. And then the other thing that the meditation helps with is you have to also stand back from the remnants of all these shocks and all these traumas and all of your resentments and all your hatreds and all your angers. So what has happened is that the outside got inside and began to grow. The identity, not only of people around you, you know, you become like the mother you hated or you become like the dad you hated. But not only that, but you find within you something of the of the, the spirit that had gotten into them and made them what they were. It gets inside. So then you have this false conscience, this false life. See, and it talks to you within. And it, it's always... It always eggs you on, it always caters to you, it always encourages you to seek glory and to seek revenge and to get even and to be hurt and, and uh, that other people don't appreciate you, and you know, it's, it's always with all that stuff. You just have to just watch it, see it for what it is. It's a false life. It's false. It's the voice of falsity. It's the voice of vanity, see. And he got inside, but it was also inside your mom. It was inside your dad. It was inside everybody. So some of that is in there, and it torments them and eggs them on, and it encourages them to go the way of the world. And then, when you go the way of the world, then the only life you have for your for your body and for your nerves is the life of uh, of struggle strife, ex- excitation, and then discharge and release, and then the painful sleep of no stimulation, and then you need more stimulation, and the alarm clock, and then your friends say this, and your boss says that, and the world says this, and the, somebody cuts in front of you, and you get angry at him and those are the stimuli. You're just like an animal that needs to be, you know, poked. You know, don't they say that, you know, for, I, I can't remember if it's a tiger or a lion, but you don't just throw the meat in, but at the end of a stick, you kind of move it around and poke it at the lion a little bit, so it it gets a feeling of having, you know, captured the uh, one over that over that piece of meat. I don't know how to say it, but it's the same with you. You need that. You need those things to to ginger you up and motivate you. But eventually, what happens when your whole life you've been motivated and motivated? You're so motivated you can, you you just you begin to grow weary and fatigued. And you know what the bottom line of that is, so don't let it happen to you. Now's the time to begin to wake up. Wake up, stand back, be still, then know that God is God. And you're not God. And that voice that's always egging you on and offering you false comfort on the outside is not God either. And see, all all the bartenders and all the the people that sell you alcohol and marijuana, and, and just, just see them for for what they are. Yeah, they're catering to you, but they're they're really not your friends. Yeah, I'm not saying you can't have some fast food once in a while. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that you know don't don't make too much of it. Don't make too much of the comfort of the world. You know, and don't don't get excited by praise and don't get bummed out by criticism. Just let them both pass. Go about your business quietly and take a little time, little moments to be still. And then you will begin to discover the true life and a whole different way of existing, not based on stimulus and tension and release and sleep, but of motion and rest. There's a beautiful passage in the Gospel of Thomas, and it sounds like a true saying. Jesus said. If they say to you, who are you? Say, we are his sons, and we are the elect of the living Father. If they ask you, what is the sign of your Father in you? Say to them, it is motion and rest. Jesus said, if they ask you, what is the sign of your Father in you? say to them, it is motion and rest. Motion and rest. Isn't that beautiful? So, it's a motion that bears good fruit, a motion that's not futile, a motion that's not externally stimulated, but comes from within. And then it is completed in good action, good thoughts, good realizations. And then the peace from God. The peace in God. The peace of God. We love hearing from you. So keep the comments and questions coming. Our listener call in line is 510-455-8851. That's 510 510- four five five eight eight five one. This is Jeremiah Trujillo wishing you better relationships and a better life. Until next time, Lord Willing and the Greek Don't Rise. I'll see you then bye bye. Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.